0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. never FDIC. <laughs>
1: it is Tuesday, October 29th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines. Eight seven seven four two zero talk. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Light, true, great taste. Only ninety six calories. It is the original light beer. We got a lot to get into today. We're here from Doc Holiday in a few minutes. His weekly press conference was earlier this afternoon. We've got the highlights for you. We've condensed everything down into what you need to hear from Doc Holiday. We're going to talk a little basketball briefly. We've got exhibition action coming up tonight. It's going to be at 6 o'clock, so I'm sure many of you are actually on your drive now to the Henderson Center. So we definitely welcome you into the program as well at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. But uh, the big news of the day, NCAA Board of Governors voted today to allow college athletes to receive compensation for their names, images, and likenesses. Now, we're still trying to compress all of this into something that we can really understand, because uh, over the next few days, I'm sure we're going to find out more about what this is going to be, what the legislation is going to look like, because you can't just say this and say, here you go. There's got to be rules. There's got to be regulations. There's got to be uh, a lot put into this to make sure that these student-athletes can properly profit as the uh, as the edict comes down, profit from their names, images, and likenesses same time. Uh, try to make sure that this isn't something that is just another recruiting tool. So that's going to be really difficult, I'm sure, from regulators. But uh, from Ohio State President Michael Drake, who's also the chair of the Board of Governors, um, the statement that came along with this is, we must embrace change to provide the best possible experience for college athletes, Additional flexibility in this area can and must continue to support college sports as part of higher education. So I'm interested to see how this is going to play out, how this will be used as far as a way for student-athletes to basically take advantage of their notoriety, their name. You know, Will there be a limit to this? Will there be you can't do it as a freshman. You can do it as a sophomore. I mean, what kind of regulations are we going to see? What kind of restrictions, if any, will we see on this? Now, we've got really basic notes on this. Athletes must be treated similarly as non-athletes. So basically, uh, athletes must be treated like non-athletes unless a compelling reason exists to differentiate. Also, All changes must ensure fair and balanced competition. That's some of the notes we're getting from this. Also, there must be um, differentiation between collegiate and professional opportunities. There's going to be a lot of regulation here, I'm sure, on this one. Uh, A reaffirmation reaffirmation that athletes are students first and non-university employees. And then any change must protect the recruiting environment. So a lot of notes coming down, but... Really not sure what the legislation is going to look like. Not sure what the bylaws, everything that goes into this. Hopefully, we're going to have more sooner than later. They're trying to get this in place by 2021. I'm interested to see what this means for athletic departments, how they're going to perceive this, how they're going to take to this. This is going to be an interesting topic, I'm sure, on Thursday, Thursday for inside hurt athletics with Marshall University athletic director Mike Hamrick. I'm sure Mike Curtner will get into this topic with him because I mean this is going to be a big one. This is going to impact a lot of what the athletic department does. I mean does this change the athletic department? Will there be uh, a new compliance director? Someone who vets these opportunities? We don't know yet. That's the thing this comes down they're opening up the doors and saying we're going to be flexible on this and you know we need to change with the 21st century we need to make sure that uh, we treat these as uh, as students these, these young men and young women they're students you know they're not university employees and yeah you, know, you you got a point there they're not university employees now uh, they have a contract with the university and the contract basically says for the scholarship given or for the participation on the athletic team, uh, you must abide by these rules. Well, they're kind of limiting to a degree. And football and basketball seem to be hit most by it because, again, those are the money revenue sports. Football is your major revenue sport. For many, it is basketball. For some, it's only basketball. as Some universities do not participate in football. But for the most part, the student-athletes who are hit the most with this are football basketball athletes. So how's this going to work? You know, Will this create some unfair balance here? Because, let's be honest, and I'm using names as examples only, say you want to bring Tavion Kinsey down to your car lot to sell cars. You're banking on Tavion Kinsey's name, right? Sure you are, because he's a basketball player and he can jump over 50 people and a single bound and slam dunk the ball. Of course, you're going to bank on him. What's the opportunity for, say, someone in the Olympic sports? Women's basketball. Will there be opportunities for them to profit? Will there be opportunities for someone on the softball team? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what kind of balance, if any, is going to be. Or, hey, look, it's a, it's fair market value here. This person's more profitable. This person is more famous. This person has more currency to trade on. Why not? Why should they be held back? Those are some of the questions. And I'm sure we've got questions that we haven't even thought of yet as far as how this is going to impact student athletes, how this is going to impact athletic departments. I mean, will athletic departments have to compete now with their student athletes as far as money? I mean, keep that in mind. You know, why am I giving to the university? I can just give. I can come up with a, a a deal or something. I can bring, say Isaiah Green. I can bring him to my restaurant. How cool would that be? I don't have to give to the university. I can just bring Isaiah Green to my my restaurant. I don't need that. I don't need the university. Yeah, sure. I want to support the university, but hey, I'm gonna give some cash and bring him in and sell some. Sell some lunches or dinners here at my restaurant. Here, you know where I'm going with this. So many opportunities, many questions. This is going to be the big one. What is going to happen? Eight seven seven four two zero talk. Eight seven seven four two zero eight two five five. Where are we at with this? Well, right now, all we know is the NCAA board of governors is going to uh, start making way to allow college athletes to receive compensation for their names, images, and likenesses. Hey, does this mean the return of NCAA football for video games? How would that monster operate? Are we going to see the return? Maybe a blanket agreement where the kids get a percentage of the licensee fee? Or there's actually... What if student athletes come up with their own licensing board? They come up with their own organization, and you got to go through they they're members, and you got to go through them. You want to use the likeness of, of our athletes here, our student athletes, our amateur athletes? You want to use this? You got to get a you got to get a waiver from us. Think about it. All of a sudden, I get the latest copy of NCAA football, fire it up in the old Xbox here. Loaded up, there he is. I got Isaiah Green. I'm quarterbacking with Isaiah Green. Or I'm just busted through lines on the video game with Brendan Knox because now it's okay. We can actually have Brendan Knox there. We can put Knox in the game. We can put all the herd players in the game. They'll get a piece of the profits, get a little bit, be a small piece maybe, I'm sure. But still, they'll get compensation for, you know, just the same as NFL players, the Players Association. You don't think that those uh, players are just uh, giving their likeness and image away for free in Madden, do you? No. you got to go through the player association. Remember when the quarterbacks came out with their own club? Not only were there player association, it's like the quarterbacks. It's like, hey, there's a different association for the quarterbacks. A lot of hoops. A lot of hoops to go through here, but I'm interested to see where this goes. When we come back from break, uh, we'll open up the phone lines for you, give you an opportunity to comment on this. And also, uh, we're going to hear from Doc Holliday. Football is happening. They're heard taking on Rice this week. And Doc Holliday giving his weekly address to the media. We'll talk about Marshall football when we continue. On today's edition of The Drive, on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: We're presented this hour by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. It is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.0. 30. I'm your host, Paul Swan, and today was Doc Holiday's weekly media press conference. is going to be on the road looking for that uh, elusive bowl eligibility, and uh, I'm going to be up front with you. Uh, that was a question that was asked of Doc earlier in the day. Uh, towards the end, I did not add it because, really, um, I didn't think it added much. It wasn't really a highlight. Doc basically said, look, yeah, that's great, but we're focused on 1-0 pretty much I'm paraphrasing here, focused on 1-0, winning the game, and uh, that this program has higher goals and standards than just getting bowl eligible. So I've got that quote. I'll save it sometime. We'll get to it. But uh, that was Doc today uh, addressing that. But that's going to be a thing for everyone, of course. You get that, that sixth win, you become bowl eligible. And uh, if you become bowl eligible, then you know, the season is not terrible because it could be worse. You could be not bowl eligible. You could be sitting home, and uh, we know how uh, sometimes football players, football coaches, don't like to be home for Christmas. Uh, they see it as failure for some reason, but uh, that was that. Also, um, Thundering herd, I'm going to have to really figure out how to generate some energy. They're going into a situation where it's not going to be a hostile crowd. It's not going to be a uh, well-attended game. It's not going to have a huge football environment. So a lot going on with this one, and let's be honest— Rice, record-wise, isn't that good. Rice, however, once you look at them, you see that they're a better football team than that record indicates. Now, of course, coaches like to say that. You're not going to have a coach come out and just say, look, our opponent's terrible. They haven't won a game. You're not going to have that. You don't hear coaches too much badmouth their opponent. But you look at what the Thundering Herd's been able to do, and you look at what Rice has been able to do. Rice, a few games here or there, if... They make a play, don't get a costly turnover. Maybe the record's a little bit different. You hear Doc talk about that a lot. Got to make a play. Got to make more plays. you got to find a way to win. So, Doc, in his weekly address to the media, starts out with team captains. Here are the highlights from today's press conference.
0: Captains for this week. Uh, defensively, it'll be Amari Cobb and Marquis Couch. Uh, on offense, it'll be Knox, Brendan Knox, and Levi Brown. And as we said, anytime you go on the road, you got to make sure you take your leadership and your toughness, and uh, this, this will be no different. This will be a great challenge for our football team. I know everybody thinks that they look at Rice's record and think they're not a very good team, but just look at their scores. I took Southern Miss uh, last week, who a lot of people think is one of the top teams in our league, and they are. Uh, it was They were on a two-yard line getting ready to go score, tied up in the fourth quarter. I took La Tech, who's leading the West in our league, into overtime. Uh, played Baylor, who I think is 12th or what, top 15 in the country now, to a I think it's a single-digit uh, win margin, and so everybody they've played, they've taken it right to the wire. They got a bunch of kids that are tough kids that, that love to play the game, and and they fight till the end. So it's going to be a fight for us as well. So we got to have a great week and and get ready to go play. There, there's no quitting that bunch. I mean, you just turn the film on and uh, they play, and they got good players. I mean, they got. They got some players that are really good players that play really hard, and they're coached really well. and They're sound, and you know they had a couple turnovers there that hurt them. Had, had a turnover against uh, Southern Miss misses. They were going in to score to tie the game up in the fourth quarter, and UTSA had several turnovers there at the end where they had a chance to win that game. So, uh, you know, they're right close, and, and uh, so it's go- it's going to be a battle for us. I like, I said all along, I like his team a lot, and I think we got a lot of character on this team. We got a lot of guys that go to w- go to work every day that fight and. You know they find a way to win games, and you know that's some. That's I'll, I'll take that. You know I like I like these kids, and and they uh, they play to the end, and they're gonna you know try to find a way to win it. They did Saturday, and I think the the best thing we've done, you know, the last three weeks, which I said we had to do, is you know I think in the last three weeks we're plus five in turnover margin. We've had like 19 sacks, you know, so you know we're made, we're we're starting to create some turnovers, and that last game we were plus three, you know, which made the difference. The week before it was the last couple weeks we've we, we've been able to accomplish, you know, win the turnover battle. So if we can continue to do that, take care of the ball and and uh, we'll be all right. You know, right. We've had several games came down to the end. And uh, you know, I think, number one, our kids are playing with a lot of confidence. You know, I think they think – they don't think they know they can, they can find a way to go win a game regardless. And we've had a lot of adversity the last couple of weeks. You know, and being able to overcome that adversity and uh, that's a good thing. Because there's adversity in every, every game you play. And uh, I think these kids have found a way to overcome that. And, Continue to play and, you know, don't look at the scoreboard. And, you know, uh, not, not and the other thing, being, you know, Western Kentucky's a good football team. I mean, they've beaten Army and beaten uh, UAB. We're in the feeding league, beaten UAB and beaten some good teams. And, uh, you know, they, they've they've had players the la- last couple of years. I mean, last year, a year ago, it went down to the last play of the game a year ago there. You know, so this year wasn't any different. So it's always a battle when you play those guys, and my kids understand that. And, you know, that we tell them all the time, I say, just keep fighting and – Play every play as hard as you can play. Don't look at the scoreboard and look up the end of the day and see where you are, I think you'll like the results. And fortunately for us the last couple of weeks, that's been the case. Kobe Cumberlander is a guy that's playing really well right now. He's a young guy that, you know, Sam Burton, you know, is playing well, you know, uh, Owen Porter, you know, we're playing a lot of, I think they're playing six defensive ends in there and rolling those guys. And and uh, Jamari Edwards inside starting to come around, and, uh, you yeah, know, that's great to see it and, uh, you know, not cross, but, uh, um Kroon you know, is playing really well so you know, a lot of those guys are starting to step up and you know anytime those guys you know those guys go in there and play 30 you know 35 snaps a piece you know they can play a lot harder for a lot longer well I think number one they, got, they do have some they got some good players up front you know defensive friend uh, they're sound you know they they, they do what their coach to do they you know they uh play extremely hard they, t- they tackle well in space or, And I mentioned before they're well coached so they just don't get out of position. You know, they're going to line up, they're going to get lined up, and they're going to make you, you know, go the distance to, to score points. And uh, they do a great job getting, get getting lined up and playing. They're never the same two weeks in a row. You know, they're going to give you something different every week. And, and uh, they're, they're, you know, they're able to play multiple fronts, and they line up a lot of different ways. So it doesn't seem like they line up the same way every week. So you have to identify where they are and spend a lot of time in practice blocking different fronts because you don't know exactly what you're going to get. So you've got to be prepared for everything. The only thing we're concerned about is, is go win this week. You know, find a way to be, be 1-0. You know, that's what we talked about with Old Dominion. Same thing with FAU and now Western. And I think if you go anywhere beyond finding a way to be 1-0, then you're going to get beat. So, you know, that's all great. I mean, obviously obviously that's one thing that, we're, that we'd like to do. Our expectations and standards around here are a lot higher than just find a way to get bowl eligible. So, you know, if that happens, that happens. But we just got to focus on getting better this week and find a way to be 1-0 when we walk out of rice.
1: That's Doc Holliday. a press conference earlier this afternoon. Uh, I decided to throw that last clip in, just give you uh, exactly what Doc said as far as answering the question about bowl eligibility. Um, they're thinking about winning the game this week. Bowl eligibility is great. That's what they play for. But that's not the ultimate goal because they expect that to be just something on the way to the goal. Kind of the way I got it was look, yeah, yeah, okay. We win, we become bowl eligible. That's not the ultimate prize here. Uh, we're not satisfied with just being bowl eligible. We expect to be bowl eligible. So Doc Holliday's comments uh, addressing the media earlier this afternoon. It sounds like at least these um, these next few days, uh, Thundering Herd will be focused on finding a way to beat Rice, not taking them lightly. That's uh, some of the things that are heard. We're going to have player interviews later this week. And uh, the same theme I heard is they're good. Don't let that record fool you. And I know that's going to be the narrative. You're going to hear that because these players are going to echo the sentiment of their coach. But, yeah, that's what Doc's telling them, and they're confirming that. Look, we've watched some film. We've seen what these guys look like. Uh, They're going to be tough. The record is not really an indicator of what this team is all about. I like hearing that at least. We'll see if it is reality on Saturday. Of course, uh, you know, Marshall hasn't been back to Rice since the championship game in 2013. I had not realized that. 2013, the last time that the Thundering Herd has uh, faced the Owls uh, at Rice Stadium. I'm not going to go into the whole Texas narrative, though. I'm not, Marshall has great success against teams when they come in from Texas. You know, Texas maybe hasn't been too kind to the Thundering Herd. I'm not getting into that narrative. Uh, That narrative does not exist with me. It might exist with you, and so we open the phone lines up at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We're going to talk a little bit more about this uh, decision from the NCAA Board of Governors. They voted today to allow college athletes to receive compensation for their names, images, and likenesses. Do you agree? Is this something that the NCAA should have done sooner? Are you on board with this, or does this destroy college athletics for you? The whole sense of amateurism—is this gone now? Is this going to be something that's going to create a wedge, a divide between the haves and have-nots? I mean, is this something that Marshall, as a university, should be worried about? I mean, will Marshall have to compete now with say Kendrick Communications? What if I got some money together? Within the rules here, and next thing you know, um, I'm cashing in on Jansen Williams' likeness and image. You know, Jansen's promoting the show. I'm taking advantage of the fact that he's a a local celebrity. And you know what? He's receiving compensation for his name, his image, and his likeness. And so if he loans his name, image, and likeness to this program, I'm going to take advantage of it. He's going to get some compensation for it. I mean, all of a sudden— Student-athletes getting some money. Maybe the university is not. What's the deal? We'll find out, of course, when they clarify this a little bit more. But I want to get your thoughts on it. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We'll all figure it out together when we continue with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank.
1: 877-420-TALK. 877-420-8255. To be a part of the Miller Lite phone lines. Miller Lite, hold true. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It is your original light beer. So the NCAA Board of Governors voting today. Allowing college athletes to receive compensation for their names, images, and likeness, and I've already uh, inquired how much for our advertising budget we've got here to uh, go out, and acquire some big names for the show. I mean, pretty soon, right? I'm gonna have Isaiah Green coming in here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of his uh, his name, his likeness. He's gonna be on the billboard promoting the show, right? I mean, think of it. Brendan Knox coming in here. I'm gonna have um, Brendan Knox. We're going to take the show on the road, and I'm I'm going to have autograph sessions with Brendan Knox. Is that how this works, right? I'm going to open up a car dealership, and, you know, I'm going to have Jansen Williams, Marshall Basketball, coming in and selling cars for me because he can make money now. He's going to be my celebrity endorser, right? Is that how this works? Well, we don't know how exactly it's going to work yet. But this was Basically, the NCAA's hand with force because uh, California signing the bill into September, uh, into law September, that uh, allows the state's college athletes to accept endorsement deals. They're saying by 2023. And, of course, the NCAA argued that, hey, this was unconstitutional. It basically risked making players in California ineligible. So really, this was a big play. California saying, look— these kids can go out and make money. I mean, they can profit from their their likeness. They can profit from their, their celebrity. And so the NCAA, I think, realizing, all right, it's going to cost us more to go out and fight this thing. So let's go ahead and take ownership of it, put our hands around it, and let's rule and legislate this. And we'll see what happens. So you had other, of course, states looking to get in on this. And now we're going to see student athletes be able to profit. I mean, I don't know what this truly means. I mean, does this mean kids can go and and get a job now? Is this going to have to be legislated so we don't see boosters take advantage of this? I mean, think of it. What if you got a highly sought recruit here and you've got a booster that has a business and it's like, look, I'm I'm gonna give this kid I'm gonna give this kid a big deal. Come down and to sell my toasters. I don't want to pick on car dealers anymore. Car dealers wouldn't do this. You've got toaster shop here, and hey, I'm gonna pay this kid this Incoming quarterback. I mean the new quarterback, the thundering herd, is gonna be a superstar and I'm gonna I'm gonna pay him to come in and sell my toasters. This kid's not a toaster salesman, but I mean how's this work? I mean, are we gonna see brand deals maybe? Keep keep that in mind. This might not be limited to, I mean, we might be thinking small here. Instead of your mom and pop shop, your car dealer, your toaster salesman. Do they have standalone shops for toasters? Can you buy? A, can I just go to the toaster shop? Is that a thing? I mean, usually if I want a toaster, I go to Walmart or I go to Amazon.com. Can you go to a toaster shop? I don't know. But if I had a toaster shop, Jansen Williams, I'm hiring him. I'm hiring Tavion Kenzie. I'm going to sell my toasters. But I mean, are we looking at brand deals now? Like Nike. Hey, this, this highly sought-after kid in the NBA he's going to be a top draft pick. I mean, does Knight get on board early and say, Look, you wanna sign your shoe deal now? You're gonna be a superstar. We're gonna bank on this. We're gonna bank on you. I mean, here's your endorsement deal because I mean you're posterizing everybody. I mean, think of it. Some shoe exec sees Tavion Kenzie just hop over everybody over at Marshall and slam dunk on people, make them look like fools, and he's thinking, Hey, I want to get in a little bit of that action. So we get an endorsement deal. I mean, will that work? Or are we looking more along the lines of these kids can cash in on their fame and celebrity, but it's going to be limited. It's going to be limited in scope. Make sure this isn't a, a recruiting tool. Because let's be honest, there are going to be some places they're going to have more opportunities for student-athletes to cash in on their likeness, their name, and their images than, say, anywhere in West Virginia, right? Right? Think about it. These are the, the questions that are going to be asked about this. And I don't think anyone's saying that student-athletes should not be compensated. I don't think that's an issue. Now, granted, there might be some that say, look, they're already getting compensated. They're getting the opportunity to get an education, and that's going to have value. That's going to have value for years to come if they take advantage of the opportunity here and everything that goes along with it. But for a lot of student athletes, this is just a, a way to get to the next level. Let's be honest. Some student athletes, this is a transition for them between the NBA or the NFL. Now, not everyone's going to be able to take that avenue right away or take that avenue, period. But this is, I think, opening up some doors and just having a little bit more clarity because let's be honest here. Do you think that certain schools are – are losing any sleep over the fact that they go out every year, get some of the highest recruits possible. Top five star, 20 star, whatever star. Going out, getting those top athletes, and then reloading. Kids there for a year, then moves on. There are some universities, they bring them in, push them out the door. They get drafted, next crew comes in, and do you think that this is really um, going to be bad for them? Or is this going to impact more of the the schools that, you know, kids don't come here to to necessarily make their way to the NBA? They've got dreams and they've got aspirations, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're going to come play collegiate athletics, get your degree, you're out the door. But for those kids that have the ability to monetize what they're doing, who they are, this opens up the door. And I'll go back to my uh, point earlier, if you weren't with us. Uh, remember, we had a big problem a few years ago. I mean, Every year, young men and old and women I'm sure women, too, would get their latest copy of NCAA football and unwrap the shrink wrap. Here it is. Fire it up in the old Xbox. There it is. Playing as Marshall. Players look like, hey, that looks like Isaiah Green. Hey, that looks, it's not, it's generic player, but... That generic player looks like Brendan. Look, the stadium's authentic, everything. And, you know, there's a group of players that said, look, you guys are making money off of us. We're not getting a piece of that. And here we are now. So that can make its way back. I mean, these uh, student-athletes could band together, and you got to deal with one clearinghouse on issues like this. And next thing you know, for my birthday – My show producer, Gabriel Sellers, is getting me NCAA 2022 for the Xbox or PlayStation. Think of it. I'm getting, Gabriel, by the way, that was a hint, Gabriel. My birthday, NCAA 22. NCAA 22. And uh, go online, you know, because they print custom covers. Go go get me a custom cover. Yeah, just, I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, go give me a Randy Moss cover or something like that. All right, the phone number is 304-399-8255. Toll free is 877-420-8255. You can be a part of the Miller Lite phone lines. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste only, 96 calories. It is the original light beer. we got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: Don't forget, my good friend, Mike Hamrick, will be back on the airwaves. We've got Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. It's coming up Thursday right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And I can't wait. I'm excited for this one. I can't wait to see. What questions Mike Kurtner, the host of the program, will have for the athletic director? Because, of course, the story we've been talking about is the NCAA Board of Governors voted today to allow college athletes to receive compensation for their names, images, and likeness. We don't know what that means. We've talked about it, we've speculated everything that we have discussed today about it. We don't know. What does that mean? What does that really mean? What Will the NCAA actually allow? How is it going to work? Because again, yeah, you know, they want to get their hands on this. Can't fight it in court, so just get ahead of it a little bit as best they can. And it's going to have to be legislated if you're going to. If this is is this really going to open it up? Is this really going to open it up, or is this going to be some sort of token? Opportunities We don't know. But I can't wait to find out. You know what else I want to find out? What my Bengals are going to do to try to win a football game. And they've decided that it's going to be rookie Ryan Finley. That's right. Rookie Ryan Finley. He is replacing Andy Dalton as the Bengals' starting quarterback. Now, The last time the Bengals have started this poorly was 2008. So the Bengals are off this week, mercifully, and we're going to have to – November 10th, we'll figure it out. We'll find out November 10th what it really means. Is this going to be a monumental change? I say don't change anything. You're hosing me out of my draft pick. Bengals with the number one draft pick, come on. You think the Dolphins – are doing anything to win games. I mean, totally embrace this. Go out there, go 0-16, blow the thing up, and let's be honest with you. There are some guys I like on this team. A.J. Green, I like A.J. Green. I think he's a tremendous wide receiver. One of my favorite players. I'm trading him. I'm trading all these guys. I'm going to get diminishing returns on some of these guys. I'm trading these guys. I'm stocking up draft picks. Hey, you want A.J. Green? I'm going to need a first rounder. You want Andy Dalton? Uh, You can have a second rounder. Give me a second rounder. Can I get a second rounder for him? By the way, I'm going to go on record. It's not Andy Dalton's fault. Andy's not the problem. He's not the answer. He's not the solution. But he's not the problem. Let's be honest. Have you watched any of the Bengals games? I have. I've watched enough to know that it's the same old Bengals. They don't have an offensive line worth anything. And if Tom Brady, if Tom Brady was your quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, Tom Brady behind that line, Tom Brady doesn't make it. Yeah, he's father time right now. He's got some longevity going on. I mean, he might play until he's 50. Who knows? He's got a line that'll protect him. Put him with the Bengals. He's gone and he's in the old folks' home recuperating within three weeks. I'm making wholesale changes. If I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm embracing this thing. Wholesale changes. Let's go. We got a fire sale. I'm stocking up draft picks. I'm letting this thing go 0 oh, 16. I'm building for the future. We're going to see what happens. I mean, you got a first-year coach, inexperienced. I mean, the Bengals have done some nice things, but not really. Not to be a backhanded compliment there, but they've done some nice things, but again, not really, and they don't have the players and the personnel they need. I don't know if I've seen enough adjustments. I haven't seen this high-octane offense yet. Of course, yeah, you know, some of that is because you don't have all your tools, you don't have all your weapons. You don't have AJ Green. He's a game-changer out there and Dalton doesn't have his favorite target, and so now Dalton's favorite target's not out there, and A.J.'s favorite quarterback is not out there. Think of it. You're A.J. Green. You're trying to rehab and get back, and you come back and it's Ryan Finley. Now, I could be totally wrong. Finley could come out there, and he could be the breath of fresh air you need, and he could orchestrate several wins, and then what do you have? What do you have after that? You've got 4-5 or win Cincinnati team, and you're going to get, like, okay draft picks. No, I'm keeping Dalton. I'm rolling this thing. I'm going 0-16. I am committing 100%. Not changing the thing. Go out there, play the football, get the draft pick, blow this thing up completely. You can do that in pro football. I mean, instead, the Dolphins are on their way to 0-16. And, and here we go. It's going to be a battle. Dolphins-Bingles right now. It's going to be a battle between who gets the first-round draft pick, but not if this Finley thing works. And I don't think this kid's – I like this kid, but I don't think he's the savior. Now, I can, again, I could be completely wrong. He come out there and, and give us false hope and win some games, and next thing you know, oh, hey, this is, this is the future to build on. But what if this kid is the future? And another thing, I'm not making a change until after the trade deadline. I'm working the trade deadline. I'm working the trades. I'm making trades, and I'm trying to figure out how I can make the football team better. It's business. These are professionals. These are professionals. I just got the headline here from CBS Sports. I get the notification on my phone. NFL trade deadline winners and losers. Bengals waste opportunities that's the headline Bengals waste opportunities you know why because i don't think they understand how to run a football team i mean i'll read the story for you right now look this is cbs sports cbs sports and breaking this down says look The Bengals had every right to hold on to someone like A.J. Green. The guy's a stud. He's been a lifelong Bengal, and he could have still have a lot of elite football left. But unless they believe they're going to both, A, find a franchise quarterback, and, B, contend for a Super Bowl in the next, say, three years, there's no reason they should have not auctioned Green to the highest bidder. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but that's my thoughts. And, again, Geno Atkins, love the guy. I'm trading him. I'm getting some value out of him. Andy Dalton, I'm indifferent to him. I'm trading him. A.J. Green, first-round pick. You want a superstar stud-wide receiver for your team? First-round draft pick. And then I'm going out and I'm building for the future. And I'm going to try to win the fans back. I'm going to show that this organization made the right decision. And... Coaching staff and everything coming and going. Try to rebuild some faith between the fans and the franchise. As it stands right now, I'm a lifelong Cincinnati Bengals fan, lifelong. And you know what? Football season is over for me as far as NFL is concerned. I've moved on to professional hockey and other sports. And that's going to do it for this edition of the show. want to thank our producer, Gabriel Sellerts. I'm Paul Swan. Don't forget herd Basketball coming up at the Henderson Center. We'll have a recap of it tomorrow if you can't attend. Once again, for Gabriel, I'm Paul. Thanks for tuning in to The Drive here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night, everyone.